0: Welcome back to the Brexit Brits Abroad podcast. I'm Dr Michaela Benson. Today I'm speaking to you from Toulouse where I'm currently doing research with UK citizens who have made this part of southern France their home. It sounds terribly glamorous I know but what it really means is that I am in sole command of the recorder. I don't have my lovely producer Emma to tell me when to shut up, so please just bear with me for a few, well, hopefully not too many minutes. For the month of October, the project team decided to focus on citizenship. This is a central theme of the project, and it's really clear that this is one of the main issues, particularly as regards citizens' rights, that are emerging through the Brexit negotiations. It's also clear that since Brexit, there has been an increase in the number of UK citizens applying for dual nationality with other European Union member states, at least those states where that is possible. And in our conversations with British people living across the European Union, we've found that a fair number of them are considering this as one option for a variety of reasons. Indeed, when I was in rural France earlier in the summer, back in the lot where I did my PhD research, I was surprised by the number of people who were telling me that they were considering applying for French citizenship. So on this trip back to France, I was particularly interested to speak to people who had started that process of applying for citizenship to find out more about the considerations behind this project but also to learn about their experiences. I was fortunate enough to be introduced to Jill and Clive Metcalf, who along with three friends had embarked on the process of finding out more about what applying for French citizenship entails and had submitted their applications and attended their interviews. At the time of our discussion they were still waiting to find out whether they would be Granted French citizenship or not. I started by asking Jill why they decided to apply for French citizenship in the first place.
1: Um, because we've been living here for permanently for ten. 10- over five years anyway. We'd been thinking about it before and we hadn't had the opportunity because we weren't here for five years. Now we've been living here for over seven. So we knew that we were eligible to apply and the Brexit thing just made us more convinced that we should do it and do it now.
0: But it was something that you were thinking about
1: before Brexit. Yeah because we wanted to commit to France. We wanted this to be our our home. It is our home. Um, We wanted to commit more to the the local environment, the local community, and being French would give us that possibility.
0: Okay. Do you want to explain a little bit more, Clive, about what what it does for you, um, what it might do for you, taking French citizenship, what it means to you?
2: What it means in the main is that we will continue to be Europeans. That, I think, is the driving force behind our decision, consequent to Brexit, Clearly, as Jill has said, we want to be seen as being full and committed citizens of the country where we live. And we want to be seen as being full and contributing citizens within our community as well. So it's a tiered thing. It's being committed to our community, Uh, it's being committed to our region, departement, and committed to. France as a nation and most importantly really committed to Europe.
0: That's great, thank you very much. So I think one of the things that we've discussed at quite a lot of length is how um, many myths there are about applying for citizenship. So one of the things um, we I wanted to do today was ask you about your experience of applying for citizenship with the hope that we might dispel some of those myths. So do you want to start out, Jill, by talking about this dossier that you've got in front of you? Yes,
1: you have to have, one of the requirements is that you have a dossier of evidence to show one that you've lived in France for over five years and that you're financially viable, that you, you you are self-supporting. But also something to do with your history, your family history. So there's all of those sort of things. And what you need to do is to get from the prefect, wherever you are, uh, the list of all of the... Um, Documents that you're going to need for your dossier, and that will vary from department from region to region. I understand. So, uh, we got the Préfet de la Haute Grande, uh, and it gives you a list. But fortunately, although it is about um, 10 pages long, you don't need all of those documents. So, you do need to go through it. And if you've got, like, we had a wonderful secretary at the mairie, she will help you to identify the documents you really need. You also have to complete. A, f- a form, an application form, which is not like the UK. It's actually five pages, and one of those is just a page you sign, and that basically is your family history, where you've born, whether you're married, if you've got children, what you did for a living when you're in England, uh, and where you've lived. So, and uh, we only did where we've lived since we've been married because we could go back to when I was born, and that would be far too. <laughs> burdensome so you get that together so you you complete that you have to do three uh, forms and they have to be handwritten and so and you sign them at at the end but that's another issue and then you you go through collecting all your information and and one of the things that you quickly find out you have to get a lot of birth certificates death certificates marriage certificates and uh you have to have them translated by a registered french translator Uh, and he or she has to stamp those documents, the originals and your two photocopies. Uh, So that's very important and that's quite expensive because there's a charge for that naturally, it's their job. So I think ours was €35 per per certificate. So between the two of us that was quite a lot of money and I don't want that to put people off because it's just... We we learnt from bitter experience that there's another myth that uh, documents that have been signed should not be more than three months old. But actually that's a myth. Once they've been signed and stamped by the translator they're perfectly all right. And some of them you don't need. For example, your sister's birth certificate, marriage certificate. You don't need those. They need to be on the form, but you don't need their certificates. Yeah, so you ha- you have to be a bit careful about those. And if, and if what you do need to do is to try and find somebody who's already done it, who can tell you. Uh, and uh, to that end my friend and I are going to try and set up some sort of information site where we can advise you and you could come back and ask us questions because it's really helpful if you can do it with somebody else and then you know where you're going. So so you start gathering your documents um, and, and some of the documents, like your passport and your own birth certificate and marriage certificate, you do have to have the originals, you do have to have the certificates translated and they will keep them. When you go for your interview, they do keep those, but you get them back. The passport, they hand you back straight away, but the birth certificate, marriage certificate, they keep. So that, that's a fear that some people have. You know, will I ever see them again? And yes, you will, basically. So there's, there's a list of all sorts of documents, photographs, stamps. You have to have a police check... Uh, and we did both the French and the English and they weren't interested in the French at all because actually we hadn't committed any crimes though, so, as most people don't seem to have done so we that haven't was committed okay crimes in England, yeah. so. um, and there's all sorts of sections um, to do with if you're a student if you're working if you're living if you're living together if you're a couple living together there's different um, forms you have to sort of complete to say that you to st- attest that you are living together one of the interesting things is that um, it does say Say that if you're over 60 you don't have to have a particular level of French you don't have to take a written test which you do if you're under 60 but in fact when you have the interview when you come to the interview it is a holy in French we got an attestation from our French teacher to say what level we were at and we found the interview was wholly in French although they were subtly helpful uh, to help us in some of the questions so that something you have to be aware with so if, you, if your french isn't really up to it it's worth looking at the sort of questions you may be asked when it comes to the interview so you put it all together and it says here that the any dossier that's incomplete and not in order will be refused so you have to be quite particular about it being in a certain order and if you are sort of um a bit um anal about it, like me. You, ha- I put a-, a sheet that said what each one was in front of the dossier so that I knew I wouldn't get in a muddle when I was shaking handing these things over. So it's it's a case of just going through and making sure you've got things. They will ask you for documents such as your last three years tax, which you've got to keep it for five years anyway, and things. they ask you for what's called an attestation fiscale, which is to show that you've been paying tax, which you get from your local tres or public, and they've been very helpful. And things like if you own a property, you need to have a copy of the document of the sale or an attestation from your notaire. And then the last thing really is to say that you've been playing your electricity bill. It's the traditional one that proves that you're you you know, you're here. But So you get all of that together. Oh, and if you're a pensioner, then you need your titles of your pension and some evidence of that. So that's, that's all in this document that you get the list. So you do that. You get your dossier together. But our advice to people would be, um, we left it, we started the dossier in August 2016 and everything was more or less ready by April and we didn't get an interview until the 16th of August. So my recommendation would be to do some of the preparatory work get some of your certificates together but don't for complete some of the forms because if it's your last 3 months electricity and you don't have an interview for 3 months you know you've lost that opportunity as soon as you've got some of your certificates done the ones that are required get your interview because it's going to take 3 months to get an interview and that if you're in Haute-Garonne, it'll be at Toulouse we on the website it tells you exactly how to get your interview so you go and there's 3 guichets Three um, kiosks, if you like, that you can go to and you ch- you just sign up and they give you a date and time. They give you a confirmation letter, which you have to respond to, to say you confirm you've got the letter and you're going. Otherwise, when you get there, you won't have an interview. The interview itself is mainly, starts off, it's supposed to be an hour and a half, starts off them taking the dossier off you. We found it wasn't necessarily in the order that we'd done the dossier, and it didn't include some of the dossier they didn't need. Um, Sometimes it was one copy, sometimes it was two copies, sometimes it was three copies. But they took the dossier, they questioned one or two little bits, that was all right. And two of the documents that you really need to get is the Livret du Citoyen, which is all the information you need to know about France. It's history, it's uh, music, it's art, uh, polit- politics in p- particular, all of those sort of issues, and it's worth reading that and learning it to, as much as you can. Then the other document that you do have to sign on the day is the droit et uh, responsabilité du citoyen, rights and responsibilities, and um, that covers the phrases the the liberty equality fraternity you do need to look at that I got a lot of questions about what liberty meant to me so it is definitely worth looking at that and thinking about what it means and how you would respond if you were asked such questions and the questioning was another hour of interview but I it sounds like that's very burdensome and frightening it's it's a nerve-wracking experience but it's doable and anybody could do it. If I could do it, anybody could do it. So I, would not, I, would, I wouldn't let that put you off because although the people are quite straight, there's no real facial expression to show whether they approve or not. They're patient, they're calm, they let you take your time. If you don't know an answer, then you give it. But um, if you've done your homework and you've prepared well, then you'll, you'll be fine. At the end of the interview, in the case of Haute-Garonne, they give you a receipt for your deposit of your dossier. Uh, and they they give you a rough idea how long it's going to take. Well, for, for us, they told us, nine months. And then the next surprise was a visit from the gendarme who come to check that you are who you are, that you say you are, and you live where you say you live. And they were char- he was charming, wasn't he? Very charming, and uh, that's that's it. So from now on, we don't hear anything until such time. If they would, My guess is if you, they reject us, they'll find out fairly quickly that they reject us in two or three months. In other cases, I think it just goes on, and eventually, I think all applications go to paris where they're seen by somebody and approved or not and then if you get through you have a little ceremony which i thought was at the mairie but i think now is in cahors where you have a glass of wine and you sing the marseillaise and they give you your passport and your identity card and uh, there you are you're a french citizen so you can celebrate
0: but that's a little way off at the moment, isn't it? I mean, when did you do your when did you do your interview?
1: Uh, the interview was the August the sixteenth, so we're just over a month away from it. So it's no use looking at the post every morning thinking it's going to come. It's, we've just got to wait. And so after Christmas, I suspect is when we really should be looking at the post.
0: So what would be your kind of five top tips to people who are applying to British people living in France who are applying for French citizenship?
1: If you are fortunate in having somebody at the Mary to help you, then approach the mayor and let them know that you're doing it. One of the things is useful to have is something from the mayor to say that he does know you, that you have been seen at various events. So that's useful first. If you don't have that, then you've got to be quite organised. So if there's two of you, one of you needs to be very organised at least, uh, and to put the dossier into something that uh, presents quite well. So you're not you don't take a box file full of papers and you're sorting them out because it, the the more organised you are with your dossier, the quicker the first part is uh, and read carefully the documents that i've said about the livret and the rights and responsibilities make sure you know that fill the form in the three forms the demand of acquisition forms uh, in pencil fill one in pencil and then double check it if you're in a partnership or get somebody else who's been through it to check it if you've got a friend who's done it get them to help you because that's the best way to know you've done it correctly um
0: So you think a kind of a buddying up is quite useful?
1: I think the buddying up was really quite successful. It did involve several meetings where we looked at each other's dossiers and drank a little bit of wine, and that was quite quite helpful.
0: (laughs) Quite a pleasant way of doing it. it I think also one of the things that you were talking about um, when we were talking earlier was to do with what the experience was like of turning up in Toulouse for that interview. Did you want to say a little bit more about that?
2: Yes, it, it... you turn up at the prefecture dependent obviously upon what time of day your your appointment is uh, and you have to be prepared for mixing with a, a fairly large group of other people many of whom do not have appointments many of whom have difficulty in understanding certainly they would they wouldn't understand English uh, and some of them may even have some difficulty understanding French, but in our experience, there were a lot of people who were turning up at the prefecture for different reasons and from different parts of Europe and uh, North Africa, I would suggest, possibly even the Middle East. It was daunting. It was it was almost bordering on intimidating at one stage. Just the sheer numbers, you mean? Just the sheer numbers and the the lack of discipline in queuing. Uh, which is, I suspect, a a common thing in these parts. Um, But there was, when the doors were uh, uh, opened for us, we were there for the very first appointment in the morning, when the doors were opened, the the crush of people to get in was not very well controlled. uh, And some might find that process a little intimidating. So I won't put it any more strongly than that. But you do have to be prepared for the fact that you're going into an environment where many, many other people from different cultures will be coexisting with you, uh, and that in itself just is the, the first step. It's quite daunting.
1: Many, many are desperate, aren't they? they yes. they're, they're desperate to get in. They have no paperwork, so they must get in to be able to put their first foot on the ladder, really. Whereas we were well prepared. All prepared, you know. They're very English. Um, they're not. They have, don't have that advantage. Yeah. So. Is there anything else you would like to add? Well, uh only that if you know, if you can, if we can form uh, our little group if we can form some sort of um, website or something to help, that's, that's our plan. We're going to have a meeting to get people who are interested to explain our, what we did. Uh, and I think that's, that's the sort of help groups are going to be the way forward for people who haven't yet, are still contemplating or, or are in the process and want to, to check. Then I think if there's people out there that can do that for you, it'd be really helpful.
0: And this is that's born out of the fact that you don't think that there is very good advice out there or or there's um, quite simplistic advice, I suppose.
1: Um, I think I would call it flippant um, you know I've read a couple of articles in magazines and it's sort of you turn up in your cardigan and you you throw the birth certificate at people and they say oh thank you very much Fred that's oh that's great now go away and you can be a citizen it's not like that at all it's a very serious application and it so it should be you're applying to join uh, a na- another nation become a citizen of another nation and it has to be done seriously
2: I, I think too it's fair to say that our experience shows that different departments, different regions seem to be giving different ideas about what they want as part of this application process. They seem to be couched in different terms Uh, and so it's important wherever you are in France or whichever country you're in to find out what is required specifically in your region uh, and then to engage with that process. But despite everything, the process is, at the end of the day, uplifting and rewarding uh, and worthwhile.
0: How do you both feel about the prospect of becoming French?
1: Excited, really. <laughs> it's, I feel I've come home to a country that I love, respect and enjoy living. And, uh, you know, it's very rewarding, again, to feel that you're going to be part of that. And also the people, the French people we've spoken to, are really looking forward to it. There'll, there'll be a celebration around here when, when and if we get it.
2: Yes, I would agree wholeheartedly. We're we're excited about the prospect. It's been hard work, particularly for those that have to put the, the dossiers and the paperwork together. It, it, it is exceedingly time consuming, but the reward at the end will be what we're looking forward to. And we're very, very much looking forward to that.
0: Well, I look forward to hearing about the outcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Brexit Brits Abroad podcast. If you've enjoyed what we've been talking about today and want to find out more, check out our website www.brexitbritsabroad.com or you can follow us on social media via Twitter at BrexPatsEU and on Facebook. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And I'll speak to you again soon.